Welcome to the Achieve My Wellness Podcast. I'm Amy Fox along with Drs. Evan and Dr. Jared uh, from Achieve Wellness here in Alexandria. And, you know, we're getting into, it's called Brain Health Month. Is that what uh, March is designated as? So there's a week in March called Brain Awareness Week. And actually May is dedicated to to the whole month of mental health. But uh, in March here, what we want to talk about is just brain uh, brain awareness and brain health and how does your brain actually work and how does it control what we do in our bodies and so there's a lot of stuff going out there I mean it is an absolutely it's been a crazy year for oh, people yeah. mentally I mean the mental stress that's been going on uh, with everything from COVID to elections to politics to schools to cancel cancellations and I mean just everything out there uh, it's been a tough year mentally for a lot of people and those who are in a position that I feel like you guys are in, um, people think of chiropractic as, oh, I'm going to, you know, get my back cracked and in shape. But um, as we've talked about before on this podcast and you tell everyone, um, your spine and your nervous system connect to your entire body. And so your brain health is obviously just utmost connected to this issue and so you're trying to help people and I feel like it's got to be really a challenge for you guys because everybody is in a different place right now almost all of us feel like we're stressed but for so many different ways and reasons so when someone comes in um, and they are struggling in this capacity how do you guys try to sort through and help somebody well I think one of the biggest things that you know, to kind of answer your beginning part of your question is why do people search us out as far as chiropractors? Well, for your brain health. And one of the things that has actually been shown through research, it says that about 70 to 80% of the nutrition for your brain comes from spinal movement. And so if our spine's not moving, well, then our brain's not getting the nutrition that it needs and that it desires and that it wants and craves on a daily basis. And so the more detrimental your spine is, the more detrimental your brain is going to be. And so everything works 100% together. And there are some uh, definite statistics that we should definitely cover in the beginning of this podcast so that we can get to some solutions maybe by the end. Yeah, the way that your brain gets that nutrition is through the flow of cerebral spinal fluid. I mean, your cerebral spinal fluid flows around your brain. It actually brings nutrition to all your brain cells, but it does, it flows all the way down around your spinal cord, down to the bottom, and then back up. And the only way it does that is through, like Dr. Jared was saying, the motion of your spine. So if your spine is not moving, if you're not getting proper motion through your spine, y- your brain's just not getting the nutrition that it needs. And so there's just, if you actually look at what's going on out there, um, Alzheimer's and dementia are on the rise like crazy. This is something that my family is dealing with personally. My wife's grandmother, who was the sweetest, best host, uh, absolute just joy person to be around, literally can't remember anybody's name anymore. Mm. And it is so sad to see. And even sadder is that with COVID, she's been locked up in a, you know, assisted living facility with literally the only person that can go see her is my wife's mom. That's the only person that can go see her. So she has not had contact outside of her one daughter with really anybody. Uh, We're allowed to go see her sometimes outside, but it's been so freaking cold that yeah. you get, you, nobody wants to go sit outside no. with their elderly grandparents. So haven't been able to even see her or and she can't remember anybody's names. And it's really, really tough to see. So this, that's one that we deal with. My family deals with uh, personally uh, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. um, mental health behaviors are just skyrocketing. Uh, we actually were looking at 
uh, signing our children up for school, and we were looking at the list of teachers. And it is shocking how many special ed teachers are needed in a regular school district now. That wasn't the case back when I was going to school, and it's crazy to see. Yeah, so we're talking about a little bit of mental health with children, and I'll just say on a personal note, and I know you two know my daughter because she comes to Achieve Wellness, and we talked about that a little bit earlier, um, that she came in, and so I was thinking about her spine and her as an athlete, and oh, she had the start of scoliosis, and she had some residual problems from um, a concussion that she had had, and she's got tech's neck going on we're trying to fix, Mm -hmm. but on top of that, she is my child that is dealing dealing with stress and anxiety, um, the strongest that I'm seeing. I mean, it's manifesting itself into physical problems for her where she feels actually sick about the idea of going back into school in person. And this isn't fear of COVID because my family all had COVID, including her. So we all were able to get through that. It's I don't know where it's coming from. So now I'm having to work with the school and the counselors and they're talking about social workers getting in, the teachers. You think about all these teachers are dealing with right now, Mm -hmm. not only trying to educate these kids, but be there for them emotionally. And I'm, my husband and I are struggling. We just don't know what to do at this point to get her to just want to go to school. Yeah, there's a, um, unfortunately, there's a lot of chaos going on in a lot of families and even in our schools. And you got to feel for them too, trying to navigate this situation. I mean, it's it's new to, to everybody, even mm-hmm. though it was last March when we, we started going down this pathway, it's still new. It's still relatively new. We're still trying to figure out the whole dynamics. But, you know, when you look at children, you know, and we're not psychologists by any matters, but we can all read research and we can all go through things and we can all read studies. And so that's the great thing. And that's one of the things that I think Dr. Nevin and I do quite a bit of is read studies and one of the studies that I read a while back um, it was from it was over and overseas and it talked about mandatory masks on children and one of the things it talked about was the increasing anxiety and sleep problems and just being able to uh, go through their daily behaviors as, a, as an adult at home um, and this is basically um, you know they, they start to also see an increase in domestic violence isolation deprivation you see a lot of fighting amongst kids and everything else that, that happen when we have these mandatory masks on our face you see mandatory masks in schools are a major threat to children Children development. They need to have that emotional connection. They need to see people's face. That's how they grow. That's how they develop. And when we start to mask kids, um, you basically take away that emotional development component within them. And we start to see the essential needs of that child get deprived. And that's when we start to see a lot of the lashing out or the, the, a lot of the inwardness, the depression, the anxiety, things that Dr. Evan was uh, talking about a little bit ago. And so, you know, the requirements, uh, unfortunately, I personally believe, and it's my professional opinion, that it, it produces a very, very unsafe environment for these kids in school, sports, and anything else that's going on in their life. And so until parents start realizing and not just following along, until we start realizing what this is actually doing to the kids or the potential harm that it could do to a child through their sports or activities or whatever it is, when a parent sees that and we start rising up and start saying, hey, this is not okay, maybe pulling your kid away from something, whatever it may be, but until that stand takes place, unfortunately, it's just going to continue to get worse and worse and worse, I, I believe, uh, unfortunately. So there has to be a place where that family unit, where a mom and dad say, enough is enough. We need to figure something out and we need to kind of get these things off these kids' face and get them back to normal the best we possibly can. And uh, also talking about hormones, because um, I know you guys have brought that up and we were talking a little bit ago um, 
before we started recording about um, back to my middle school daughter. Middle school is the worst anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you remember being in middle school. But <laughs> I feel like a lot of um, her anxiety is coming from just being an adolescent girl. And I, I shouldn't designate the gender, but she thinks everyone is paying attention and looking at everything that she's doing, wearing, saying, feeling. And so when you're talking about covered faces, I didn't really think about that, but I was talking to the counselor and I said, I just really want her to know there are friendly faces looking out for her at school. Mm -hmm. So that's to the teachers and the counselors and they're really trying, but I hadn't really thought about that before. If you can't really see people smile in full reaction, that's, that's got to start affecting you without you realizing it right well you when know? you see somebody smile i just think about the hormones that come back in your own body right mm-hmm. there's different epinephrine and norepinephrine and different feel-good hormones that get released when you can actually see somebody's face and so when you talk about brain health especially whether it's in our adults and we talk about alzheimer's and parkinson's and and dementia and all these things the same thing is happening in our kids. The same the same uh, hormones are getting released. Those same feel-good hormones are starting to get elicited. And so when we take that away and the ability to actually smile, we're going to start running into those major, major problems. So whether it's kids or adults, we're talking about um, really your brain health and how it's connected and how you can help people um, through their nervous system and their spine and get it. So it's an overall health. It's your physical health, but also your mental health. And, um, you know, you were talking about Alzheimer's. I know I'm going through that with my um, grandma as well and Parkinson's she was just diagnosed with. So that's very difficult. But um, just in general, are you seeing an increase in um, adults with anxiety and depression and whether it's this year or, and then how can chiropractic help that? Yeah. One of the biggest things that Dr. Jared and I see when people come to our office for adults, especially it is something that is termed brain fog where adults coming in and they say, I just, I can't think straight. I can't focus. It's hard to focus at work. It's hard to sit still. It's hard to, I have this lack of focus and I'm forgetting things that you walk into a room and you forget why you walked in there for something and just not being able to think clearly. These are all symptoms of declining brain health, okay? And it is it is very scary out there when you look at some of these statistics. If you are 65 years or older, one you have a one out of eight chance of suffering from significant cognitive decline. And by the age of 80, your chances are one in two that you will be suffering from Alzheimer's or some form of dementia. That's the current statistics we are at in our country right now. And that is absolutely crazy. So what we really need to focus on is... Okay, what are we currently doing as a, as a society and what are some things that we can change that are affecting this? Because I don't remember when I was younger hearing about all these grandparents that can't remember anything. I don't remember hearing about all of uh, the elderly people losing their minds. That wasn't common back in the day. I, re- I very much remember being younger and my, my great-grandmother Uh, I mean, just this tiny little frail woman who was kind of hunched over in a wheelchair, but yet her mind was super sharp at 92 years old. And that that's kind of what I remember from being young. Mm -hmm. But now it's like you look at all these uh, grandparents of that aren't even that old that are really suffering from not being able to remember things and not being able to uh, have the cognitive ability that they should. What do you think the mental block is for most of us that whether it's brain or body or anything, we can't, we can't get ourselves to maintain rather than fix. 
<laughs> you know, and I know that we've talked about that before. It's your nutrition. It's getting adjustments. People come into a chiropractor and go, oh, my back's hurt. Can you crack it into place? And then I'm going to go on my way and I'm not going to come in for another year. It's same with your car. It's same with your marriage. It's same with your relationship with your children. But I know that I've slipped into that. You know, I was at the dentist yesterday <laughs> and it's like, if you, if I wasn't brushing my teeth every day, I would be sure in tough shape. Why is it so hard for all of us to think about maintaining our mental health, our spine health, our nutrition? Why is it so hard? Well, I think, Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> we, <laughs> we both want to jump, jump in on this All right, one. I'll say what I think Ready, and you say what you think. All right, go think. ahead. All right. Uh, it is a, a facet of our society that we have become a reactive society instead of a proactive society. We, we want things right now. We, we don't have, I mean, delayed gratification has completely gone out the window and we don't want to wait for anything and we want things to happen right now, but we also don't want to do anything about something unless it's a major problem. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it's a, it's a facet of not, <laughs> of not having delayed gratification and knowing that, Hey, the choices I'm making today are going to drastically affect what my future is like. And we are lazy to the point of, we don't want to do anything until it's a major problem mm -hmm. in our lives. And so uh, we need to really refocus our mindset on that and we need to be proactive about things and knowing that, hey, it's way easier to maintain health than it is to fix a major problem. Amen. Yeah, and that's exactly kind of the road that I was going to take it as well. And I think that, you know, just to piggyback on that a little bit, Doc, is that, you know, uh, we like to see things happen really fast too. So even though we see some of those symptoms that you were talking about earlier, whether they're, you know, forgetting where they're putting things, you have that brain fog, you have, uh, you know, stumbling on words, whatever it may be that we're starting to recognize in some of our elderly um, fashion. If we try something for like two or three days and it's not better, we quit. Right. Yeah. And so talking about that de delayed gratification and being able to put the work in, um, I think that there's a, you know, you look at, uh, I remember having a good conversation with my grandma and my grandfather once, and they were talking about work ethics and people and how cultural shifts have taken place over the last 60 years. And you look at the work ethic of what they would do 60 years ago to put in work on a farm or whatever it is and have that delayed gratification come in, where today it's so fast on Amazon or whatever it is, and we want it right now, we want it really quickly. So that work ethic has actually gone away, and, and now we just don't put the work into our lives and into things like we're supposed to or in marriages, and that's why we see you know marriages and divorces at 50 to 60% or whatever it is now, it's absolutely crazy because we've lost the ability to really put work into things. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people like to just blame the new generation. And I don't think it's these people's fault that no, are being born not. right now, but it's all connected. Like mm -hmm. I was talking about this with technology and you mentioned Amazon, but like with my kids. So we all remember you grew up and maybe before or after school, there were some kids programs on, but Saturday morning cartoons were the thing. Right. And so now I'm like, on Demand has created On Demand Kids. My kids expect to be able to watch anything they want, anytime they want, anywhere they want. And I think that transcends what you're saying into everything. I want the food that I want when I want it. And so I don't know how to, um, I don't know what the answer is other than, you know, hearing what hard work will do and hearing the results that you can get if you work hard and you stay the course and you maintain things the way you're supposed to. And ultimately it does start at kids, right? I mean, this is where mm -hmm. our brain health is really developing and brain health 
and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and dementia and these things, they don't just happen to somebody. It's an accumulation of something over years and years and years and years and years. And so if we can get on top of things and set kids straight in a, in a better lifestyle when they're younger, ultimately statistics show that they're going to have a lot better outcome later in life, as Dr. Evan was talking about earlier. So these are the things that we really want to start instilling. And that's probably the next thing that we're going to talk about on our next podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about a little bit of doom and gloom about how horrible the situation is. And there are things that can be done about this. And uh, I just want to focus a little bit on stress before we run out of time on this podcast, but make Mm -hmm. sure you tune into our next episode because stress has such a huge effect on how your brain works as well. And there was a study done showing that the average teenager, since we've been talking about your Mm -hmm. teenager, the average teenager has more stress on their life than a person who would be in an insane asylum back in the 30s and 40s. And so just the constant scheduling that we have in our culture with, hey, got to go to school, got to go to practice, got to go to this, got to go to that, Mm -hmm. bills, homework, all this stuff, social media, friends, the crazy amount of stress that our, our younger population is under. And stress can literally cause your brain to shrink. Uh, and that's as harmful as it sounds. So stress damages your brain-body connection. And then uh, also adding in poor sleep, uh, bad diet, not exercising properly, not having time for prayer meditation or uh, getting your nervous system to get checked up as, as often as you should. It can literally kill your brain cells. And so we're not having the amount of brain cells that we really should because of all the stress we're under. So next podcast, we're going to go over all these things that we can do to not only decrease stress, to decrease the tension on our, our brain and nervous system. We're going to be talking about things that we can do to fuel your brain to help rebuild those brain cells and to help uh, make sure that the cells you currently have are functioning properly. And uh, we're going to give uh, some light, shed some light on the situation about how we can actually change the course of the way our society is going. And how we can deal with these stresses in a healthy way. Amen. And get them to go away. All right. Um, well, so if people want to come in and check out Achieve Wellness, uh, let us know how we can do that. Well, they can either call our office at 320-762-2055 and talk with uh, Britt or Brittany at the front desk. Otherwise, they can find us on the web at www.achievemywellness.com or they can find us on Facebook at Achieve Wellness. 